powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Nick Suzuki is the seventh player in Montreal Canadiens history to hit 200 points before the age of 24. Nick Suzuki is the fastest Montreal Canadian to hit 200 points since Saku Koivu, also a captain of the Montreal Canadiens. Your captain of the Montreal Canadiens just had a dominant game against the best team in the NHL by far against guys like Patrice Bergeron, against guys like David Krejci, playing 22 and a half minutes. And you know who else did? Kirby Doc. I don't know if there's such a thing as an inflection point game for a team's culture, but if there is one, this is one. The Montreal Canadiens played, in my opinion, their best game of this entire season against a Boston Bruins team that has way more depth than they have, that have almost no injuries to speak of, that yes, they were playing their backup, but Jeremy Swayman played incredible. Jake Allen had some great moments, but also let in a couple of weak ones. I don't think you could have asked for better from this Montreal Canadiens team tonight than what they gave. And for the first time since I would say the P.K. Subban trade and maybe even going back to the Milan Lucic trade, this rivalry seems real. All right, let's start the show. Uh, Shane may or may not show up tonight because... I think the game went a little bit late for him. So if he does show up, I'll notice on the Zoom meeting and I'll switch over. But we will be solo for a while. So I'm going to be interacting a bunch with the chat. Trizak says he missed the game tonight. Oh my goodness, Trizak, you missed an amazing game. An amazing, amazing game. All right, but uh, let's, uh, let's talk about Sports Interaction quickly. It's March Mania at Sports Interaction. NHL, NBA, March Madness, MLB, and so much more. It's Bananas. Play Pinata Picks and Minute Madness exclusive games with insane odds that you can't play anywhere else. Make your next bet with Sports Interaction. Download the app in Ontario, use the QR code that you see at the bottom of the screen, or head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn to get started. 19 plus, please play responsibly. All right, chat. I don't think there's anybody who's upset right now, right? Tank Nation is hyped. Because they got what they wanted tonight. No points for the Montreal Canadiens. But I think the folks who want to see the Montreal Canadiens play good hockey are just as hyped. It was one hell of a game for the Montreal Canadiens from top to bottom. It's really impressive to watch what they've been able to do here. I don't know about you, but I did not expect tonight to be an easy game for the Montreal Canadiens. I thought that they were going to get blown out of the building, essentially. In the Bruins rink, where they have destroyed teams all season long, the Montreal Canadiens came in there, and let's be real here, they were the better team tonight. They were the better team tonight. Were they the more skilled team? No. Were they the luckier team? No, absolutely not. The Bruins got some great fortunate bounces on, on their side. The Canadiens hit, what, five posts behind Jeremy Swayman? Swayman made at least two saves that were almost inhuman. Like this game could have been a blowout for the Montreal Canadiens had things just, just a tiny bit of luck gone the other way. So it unbelievable game from the Montreal Canadiens. The vibes. Yes. As Trinka 83 says, the vibes are fantastic. Uh, Romelli says, Andrew's cruel. I don't know why I'm cruel. What did, what did I say? Way to rub it in. What did I say? Chief of tank nation. 
Uh oh, I'm not trying to get anybody upset. I'm trying to be happy, but uh, I I'm just super impressed by this game from the Montreal Canadiens. And you know what? The fact is, I know people were upset about the way that this game went in terms of uh, the physicality because you know, the Bruins got testy real early. I I honestly don't blame the Bruins. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, when Pitlick hit Bergeron behind the play there, I think Marshawn did what any of us would have wanted any player on the Montreal Canadiens to do if Suzuki got hit like that. I don't think it was like predatory from Pitlick, but it was a late hit. It did hit him in the head. And the fact is you got to stand up for your guys, right? So I actually have to say, I credit Brad Marchand with that. Now, on the other hand, the Bruins were diving up a storm tonight. Uh, Pasternak got a stick that barely grazed his helmet and he's grabbing his jaw, acting like he got shot in the face and, then McAvoy skating into sticks and hopping over them like he got tripped up real bad when they barely grazed his shin pads. So there's a lot of that going on too. And I don't think the officiating were very good was very good. But overall, I, I can't really blame the Bru- Bruins for getting intense physically. And I have to say, the Canadians did not shrink at all. They continued to bring it with Arbor Jacki out, with Josh Anderson out. They were pushing things, right? So again, a great cultural building moment for the Montreal Canadiens. I can't like, yes, it does suck to lose to the Bruins. Absolutely. You know, if you want the Canadians to win some games, I feel like this game would have been a great game to win, even though they're tanking, you know, you want to get that emotional win, just like the game against Tampa was a great win. You need some of those in the bank to feel good about your season still, but man, I can't imagine that this team feels bad about the way that they played that game, about the way that this game went. It was just a great performance. All right, Shane is here. He's joined us. So I'm going to bring Shane in right now. Hold on. I got to f- swap your camera. There you go. How you doing, Shane? Hey, how are you? Sorry about that. I had some gremlins oh, you're, with You're me. muted, I think. I should not be. Or your mic's not working. One of the two. So we will stand by for uh, figuring out Shane's audio here because it's not on my end that you're muted. I don't I'm believe. I'm good to go. No, you're good. I'm good. Yeah, I can see you coming through on the guest audio, but I can't hear you in my ear. Can Okay, everyone can hear him on their end. Okay, interesting. Very interesting. So I've got to figure out see, why I that's had not gremlins. working on my end. Let's see. Everyone listening, I had gremlins so uh, can hear Shane, internet, so it but took I me a little bit to get it back up and running. And All right, I'll try to figure to that out, folks. On my end. So now I'm just waiting for... Let's see here. Is OBS crashing? Come on. And we'll see what happens. Sorry, folks. Do this way for a second. Yeah, I'm getting like the spinning rainbow wheel of death right now on uh, on Zoom. It doesn't want to switch things. I don't know why that's happening. It just doesn't like that I started the show without a guest and then brought a guest in, apparently. Let's see. Shane, you want to test things out for me? That's fascinating. Still got nothing on my end. I don't know why. Okay, one minute. Hold on. Even there, it 
Set. The test is not coming through. That's weird. How about if I leave and come back again? Nothing. All right, you know what I'm going to do, Shane? I'm going to close the Zoom window and send you a new invite. And uh, we'll bring you back in after. So I will uh, see you in a, in a moment here. I'll send it to your Twitter, I guess. Sorry, folks. We will figure this out. All right, we're going to figure it out. Don't worry. I'm going to open another Zoom here. But uh, like I was saying, great game for the Montreal Canadiens. We'll talk to Shane about that in a moment here. And we will continue. Oh, why does it say join meeting? Come on. Back to meeting. We'll continue to talk about how great this game was. Yeah, Blair, I did check the speaker output. It was uh, not that. Zoom is just uh, not working for me right now. It's just, yeah, application not responding. So I have to force quit it. That's what's going on. So let's start this again here. All the, all the settings were correct. That's why you guys could hear Shane, but for some reason it wasn't coming through on my end. So we will figure this out. Sorry for the interruption of the show here. I apologize. But it will figure it out. Have I downloaded more RAM, Trizak asked. I hope I don't need more RAM. This computer costs a lot of money, so it shouldn't struggle with any of these things. Is it still not responding? Oh my god. So Zoom is just crashing over and over again here. That's interesting. Why? There we go. Okay. New meeting. Let's see if this works. End other meeting. Yes. Why does it not have the other meeting ended? It's so strange. Okay. Now I will send that to Shane. And hope that it works. So Shane said his internet went down as well. He just got it back up. So that's why he was not uh, here in time. But hopefully Shane will be able to join us here. And then I'll be able to hear him. I'm just going to check and see that I can hear on the tester here. No, it's still not. I still can't hear it. That's really weird. My headphones broken. I apologize, folks. This isn't how I wanted this stream to go. But apparently we are doing some live troubleshooting. That doesn't make any sense. I don't understand. I'll try it this way. Maybe it'll work that way, but I don't know. It's not working on uh, on my headphones, so we're going to have to try something else here and hope that it works. Preferences. Audio. Still nothing. That makes no sense at all. Okay, there we go. That works. Admit. Hey Shane, I can hear you right now, but they can't. 
uh, something's going on with the, uh, the the software that I use to port audio into into OBS for some reason. So it is not sensing it. I'm gonna try to switch it again here and just see if it works. Yeah, let's see here. All right, can you occasionally no, when nothing. you speak it breaks up? I can it I can see your levels on the stream, but uh it's not going through. I don't know why. It doesn't make any sense cuz I haven't changed any settings whatsoever. I don't know what to do <laughs> on that end. Um hmm. I wonder if I can add another audio here. Yeah. Capture. Let me see. Okay. See that. Uh, all right, try again. How's that? No, I've still got nothing. They can hear you on stream, but I can't hear you, unfortunately. So I'll tell you what, uh, Shane. Uh, we'll we'll get you back on another time. Sure. But no problem. If, if I can't hear you, I can't interview <laughs> you. I apologize for keeping you up. No, that no, sucks. No, no, I'm I'm sorry about that. But, I'll figure uh, it out for next time. Uh, All right, every, thanks, everyone Shane. Everyone listening. See you next time. Bye. <laughs> what a mess. All right, sorry everyone. Unfortunately, that's the way it's going to go for tonight. And uh, yeah, I know Dennis that you can hear us both, but I can't hear Shane. So if I can't hear him, it it doesn't really work for a show, unfortunately. So uh, that's how tonight's going. Uh, apparently, as successful as uh, the Montreal Canadiens this season. But hey, let's continue talking about how good this game was because, frankly. I was floored by the effort level of the Montreal Canadiens. You could tell that they really wanted to win this one. And, man, I just... Yeah, can you put them on speaker? No, I, I can't because it'll, it'll backfeed with the... Uh, with, like, yeah, Evan... Yeah, I couldn't put him on YouTube either because if I put him on YouTube, then what happens is it'll be a delay... It'll be a delay by like three or four seconds. So it'll be a really stilted conversation. Unfortunately, it won't work. So we'll, we'll just go solo for tonight. We'll get Shane on again before the season in one of the games that we have left here. I feel bad because I feel like I made him stay up late out on the East Coast to to watch this game and, and, and come in. And it was a late minute, a last minute thing too. Because Mark was originally supposed to be on the show today. But Mark had to bail because he's sick. So big bummer that we couldn't get shane on to actually give some analysis but uh we tried unfortunately i couldn't hear him the other option that i could try is resetting my computer but if i do that the stream dies so i can't really do that if i stop it on obs i have to recreate the stream and then we'd have to all migrate over i'll try to figure it out tomorrow we'll run some tests and i love shane 2k i think everyone does he's a great great analyst he brings a lot to it and yeah, agreed. Feel better, Mark, uh, King in the North. Uh, we definitely want Mark to feel better. He caught something from his nephew. I think uh, he went on a little mini vacation to rest and relax last week and uh, got punished for it. <laughs> Dennis says, this is the Bruins' fault. You're damn right it was. Friggin' Marshawn, he's the one who did this. It's awful. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, King in the North, you made the right choice. It's the only choice available to me on this one, unfortunately. Uh, we we had to, to cut 
to a solo show. I didn't want to do too long also troubleshooting because like this is going to get thrown up as a podcast after people are going to watch this on replay and you don't want to be sitting there humming and trying to figure out audio the whole time. It, it sucks. So let's, uh, let's talk Habs. Um, Marshawn licked the OBS. Yeah. Yeah. The Bruins are a wagon, Dr. Nick, like no doubt. Um, for any Bruins fans who are here, welcome. Uh, you are welcome here. We will trash talk you. And we will start by saying, if I was a Bruins fan watching the game tonight, I think I'd be a little bit worried. I mean, sure, they're coasting a little bit. Clearly, with the net empty, they were only trying to get a goalie goal or a Pasternak goal for his 50th. But, uh, man, the Habs kind of took it to him tonight. Like, when's the last time the Canadians had a 60% share of even strength expected goals against a contending team? They played their asses off tonight. And also, like, they were good on the power play and the penalty kill. Who is this Habs team? Frankly, like, I don't know if they could manage 82 games like that in terms of effort level, but you got to give it to them tonight. They really, really wanted to to win this one, and they played their butts off. Romelli, best chain interview ever. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I wish it would work. I I don't know what to, to do there. We'll figure it out for the next show, I promise, but that was very unfortunate. All right, um... Mike Matheson, he's a guy that I want to talk about tonight. It felt like he didn't leave the ice tonight. He was absolutely shockingly great and has continued to be that for the Montreal Canadiens this year. Does anybody understand why the Penguins make that trade? And listen, I'm a Jeff Petrie booster, but just based on the age gap, just based on the skating ability right now, and Jeff Jeff Petrie's a great skater, but Mike Matheson is a way better skater. The Penguins have got to be missing Mike Matheson. Like, would he not be the best defenseman on their team? Chris Letang, you know, in his prime, sure. But the man's 35, I, I believe, 35 or older. So, man, Mike Matheson is... We talk about the Bruins being a wagon. Mike Matheson is a wagon. He was spin people. He was driving the net. He was... Like, there was... At one moment tonight, I just laughed because... Matheson broke the puck out of the Canadians' defensive zone, and then he made a pass to a Canadians player on the board. I think it might have been Jake Evans. It might have been Brendan Gallagher, uh, just in the middle of the ice there by the red line. And that Canadians player was just like, you know what? No, you take it, Mike, and just pass it right back to him. And Mike's like, okay, guess I'm going end to end. And he just did. Like, the guy puts his mind to something, and he's like, okay, here come my puck skills, and uh, I'm going to outskate you, and I'm going to outthink you. And he just finds a way he is going when this team is actually good if Mike Matt if they can get there quick enough where Mike Matheson is still playing like this man is he ever gonna put up points and I know he's putting up points now but wow uh Case says good luck I uh, can't wait to see him uh play that full season next year and <laughs> Noel immediately don't jinx it yeah yeah uh Frederick Ouellette says, it's okay, Andrew. I still did. I still like the show. Uh, thank you, Frederick. I appreciate it. And everybody, please like the stream because it helps us grow. Even when we have uh, tech malfunctions like tonight and uh, Shane's internet crashing, we find ways to make the show entertaining uh, for you all. And uh, we, I love hanging out with you guys. I know Mark does as well. So I know he was really sad to not be able to make it tonight because... I think Mark, for Mark, interacting with Habs fans is like his favorite thing to do on this planet. He just loves hearing from you all. 
So uh, if you're on Twitter, yeah, send Mark a feel better message before you go to bed tonight. I know I will send him a text as well, hoping that he feels better. But here's, here's a question for you all. This Canadians team, as we see like Arbor Jacques, a year older, Jordan Harris, Justin Barron, Caden Gooley, you know, all these defensemen, Jonathan Kovacevic, I guess as well. He's, I think he's already where we expect him to be next year. How much do you think this team can improve next year? Disregarding the draft. Like, let's say that they take a player, even Adam Fantilli may not play in the NHL next year, right? He might stay in college for another year. How much do you think this team can improve next year? Because I'm looking at how much that defense core is going to improve just by not being all rookies anymore. Maybe removing one of the veterans, like, say, Edmondson in the offseason, so that they can play their best players. I look at the growth from Suzuki and Doc. I look at... You know, some of the depth that they've developed through Laval, Caulfield coming back. I would honestly not be surprised if they're like 10 wins better next year, even if they don't get somebody like Connor Bedard. Now, that's not saying they're going to be a great team, right? That's still outside of the bubble, right? In the Eastern Conference, it's going to be very difficult to make the playoffs right now. There's too many really good teams. You basically need 100 points to make the playoffs. But this team, how competitive they are, how hard they fight, obviously a lot's going to depend on the goaltending too, but this team impresses me. I got to say, like this stretch in March where they've lost almost every game in their toughest stretch of the season in terms of schedule, they're doing this against contenders and they're just not shrinking. Right, they they don't look defeated ever. Even when, like the writing's on the wall, they're not going to be able to come back. Like when the Bruins made it four two, you knew the Canadians didn't have the firepower to push the game to four four, and they just never stopped fighting. I I just I look at this team, and I'm pretty confident that yeah, Simon Laramie says without the injuries, you, they can't be this injured for three years in a row, right? knock on wood but uh maybe they can who knows ken hughes talked with eric angles on uh, an interview with sportsnet about the injuries and i feel like everybody who's worried about how the canadians are handling things should be a little bit reassured by what he said he was talking about how like clearly they've had a horrible run of injuries the last two years he thinks a lot of it is bad luck but if there is anything that they can change to prevent this situation from happening again, they're going to basically uncover every rock this off season to figure out if they are doing something wrong. I think that's really encouraging. I, I think everybody should be happy that Hughes is willing to look at every area to improve the team. You look at the way that the team was run under the last administration and like the, this kind of stuff was never even spoken about, right? It, it really seems like Hughes and Gorton have a very organic and all-encompassing view of how to improve the team. It's not necessarily just about roster acquis- like player acquisition in your roster. It's not necessarily about getting the right coach or finding the right power play guru to figure it out. It's every little detail is being looked at constantly. And I, I got to say, as somebody who came into hockey media through analytics and looking at things with a fine-tooth comb, 
and constantly being frustrated by watching the team that I cheered for make decisions that from somebody from the outside could tell are not smart. I'm, I'm just very much enjoying this kind of number one transparency and also like the attention to detail from this group. I I just really, really enjoy it. Uh, We're talking about Anderson in the chat here. Yeah. Anderson is a guy who I think I might've changed my mind on a little bit. I mean, we we've talked about, uh, yeah, they're talking about his ankle injury. Yeah, it does suck. It does suck. Uh, Josh Anderson out for the season. Yeah. Thanks for updating on that. uh, Claire. That's uh, I think as soon as you saw him hit the net there with so few games left, like he's, he's done. Uh, Yeah. Same injury as Ghoulie. So high ankle sprain. That's a tough one, but here's where I would go with Josh Anderson in terms of like what we should be thinking about. We should be thinking about the growth in his game this year. This is the first year as a Montreal Canadian where he's been like a full-on positive contributor. He has his warts, right? His defensive game and even strengths, not amazing. But he's now playing strong minutes in the penalty kill. He has really diversified his game. He's not that guy with the horse blinders on anymore, just rushing the net over and over again and running out of time. He's getting his breakaways, yeah. And he's not scoring on them yet. But at least he's getting the shots off, whereas oftentimes before he was just either crashing the goalie or running out and shooting almost from the goal line. And now most of his scoring plays are not necessarily individual plays. That's the way he, like his whole Canadian's career has been just get the puck, make an individual play, try to beat the guy wide and cut in and score. And it, it works for him to an extent. He can score. 15 goals like that per year. But now he's actually shoulder checking. He's finding his teammates on the ice for for goals. His last uh, point on the season will be setting up that beautiful pass uh, for the Gurionov goal against Tampa Bay. Like the guy is so much more versatile now than he was even at the beginning of this season. You got to give credit to the coaching staff. You got to give credit to Adam Nicholas, which I guess is still the coaching staff, but the skills coach, right? It's one thing to have good people in the organization to know how to get the best out of players, but the players also have to listen and work on it, right? It's not a one person thing. So we have to give credit to Adam Nicholas, yes, but we got to give a hell of a lot of credit to Josh Anderson, who at 28 years old has changed the way he plays hockey. Like, that is really impressive to do. It's not very common. Elite players can do it. You know, we've seen, I don't know if you guys remember, but Sidney Crosby used to be really terrible at face-offs when he first made the league. And he just, like, one off-season was like, I'm going to be good at face-offs. And ever since then, he's been one of the best face-off guys in the league. And there was one year where he decided, I'm going to win a Hart Trophy. Or not a Hart Trophy, sorry, uh, Rocket Richard. Because he was like a 30-ish goal scorer, but most of his points came from assists. Next season, he scored 50, right? And then he went back to his old style of play because he preferred that. But he just he wanted to prove that he could do it, and he did it. Elite players can do that. Josh Anderson's not elite, but man, is he ever a hard worker. And I have come around, I think, a lot on his leadership qualities. I always thought he was a good person. I think his relationship with Joe Druin is, is like really understated. Uh, how much he would remember how much uh, Anderson would defend him when Duran was out during the playoffs that year. He was the first guy to stick up for him. 
But man, I, I'm really impressed with him for uh, for this season and how much he's worked with the coaching staff to get better. Uh, Kay says, no surgery for Josh Anderson. That's good. That's good. No surgery is always good. Uh, Romelli says, I'd keep Anderson at least one more year unless their return is amazing. That's the thing, right? Like, if you can get a crazy return, sure. But the price has gone up. I think the price has gone nowhere but up. And that's that's big for the Montreal Canadiens and big for Josh Anderson because, <coughs> sorry, as a bunch of media people have ma- mentioned, uh, Stu Cowan was saying it constantly on the Habs or Hockey Inside Out show with me over the last couple of weeks, Anderson wanted to stay here. He was like really worried around deadline time that he would get traded. He did not want to leave. So he cares. He wants to be a Montreal Canadian. That's also something that has value. And how about Joe Duran? He, he had a great game tonight too. Like I think every Canadians player contributed, uh, you know, Gurionov with that beautiful pass to Nick Suzuki, beautiful pass. For his first goal of the game, or his only goal of the game, and his first point of the game. And then Gurianov also had like three shots or shot attempts that probably should have gone in. And, you know, that's bound to happen with how much he was lighting it up. You know, he was shooting higher than expected. But, man, the guy just keeps putting himself in good positions. I'm really excited to see what the Canadians can make out of that player even if he's a guy that they end up playing on their third line when all said and done, like the pieces are there to start building this team towards the future. And no wants to be here per 60 for, for, uh, for Josh Anderson. Yeah, he, he definitely does. And I was surprised, uh, Stu Cowan, when we recorded the hockey inside out show yesterday morning, he said that he asked jo- Jonathan Duran that if there was an offer on the table to come back to the Montreal Canadiens next year, if he would, and Duran like didn't hesitate at all and said yes. <clears throat> so as much as there's speculation about Duran struggling with the media here or with the uh, attention from certain corners of media and fans, some of the toxicity in Montreal, he really wants to be here as well. He wants to play for Marty St. Louis. I think everybody really wants to play for Marty St. Louis. And, you know, I'm hearing a lot from people with good sources with the Montreal Canadiens that players from around the league will call players in the Canadiens and ask, hey, what's it like to, to play for Marty St. Louis? Now, this year's free agent crop is kind of crap, although there is uh, one player that I think the Canadiens may, not, may bring, which I won't tell you, but... Uh, I will continue to tease that until July, and then I'll tell you if I was right or wrong, and I will be honest, I promise. But uh, when this team is ready to compete, don't be surprised if they have their own, like maybe not quite as big, but their John Tavares moment, right? Where a player who really wants to be here ends up taking slightly less to come here, and it's a big-time player. Like I, I think we talk a lot about, you know, the Canadians in an ideal world would like to have another big right shot defenseman, right? Baron is great. Is he a future first pair guy? We don't know. Probably not the right guy to play with Mike Matheson. If Matheson ends up being, uh, you know, the first guy, first pairing guy when they're competitive in a couple of years. And people think about like the draft, right? Like I saw uh, Brian Ryle, Brian Wild, who I like and respect, was kind of speculating that the Canadians might take a defenseman this year in the first round, and 
There's, this isn't a good defenseman draft at the top. Uh, it wouldn't make much sense to do that. But don't be surprised if some of those additions where you're filling holes come in free agency. There's there's players who are very interested in playing for Marty St. Louis. So just don't be surprised. Uh, Hockey Prospect Radio, we talk about the Habs. That's uh, Shane in the comments. Awesome. Nice to see you, Shane. Uh, we talk about the Habs prospects and Lane Hudson for an entire segment. Yes, go listen to Shane's Hockey Prospect Radio. Lane Hudson, wow. That is one special, special guy. He is going to be absolutely incredible. And uh, I don't know if you noticed, but he needs... I don't know if he had any, any other points tonight. Does anybody know if he had uh, a second point in his game tonight? I, I wasn't able to uh, watch the game this afternoon. But I know he scored the first goal for BU. And uh, at that point for BU, he needed two more points this season to tie the combined point production of Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr in their rookie campaigns in the NCAA. The combined production. Like, he is a point machine. He's so smart with the puck. <coughs> yeah, uh, Evan says if the Florida picks around 15, uh, Reinbacher would make sense. We're going to talk to some scouts here. Uh, we'll bring Shane on as well at some point before the end of the season when he can, when he has the time and we'll talk about who, who's going to be available around that 15 pick. There's a lot of, uh, variants, I think on who people believe are like the best players in that group, but a defenseman with the Florida pick makes a lot more sense than a defenseman with the top pick. So that's probably something that the Canadians are, will look into, but I think don't be surprised also if the Canadians don't draft for need. Cause I think this is a very different philosophy. This group has, as compared to the last one. So they may draft for like organizational need in terms of like, they need a right shot defenseman in their whole of the organization, but I don't think they're going to draft for need for the NHL roster right now. If, if you get my meaning. Um, other than that tonight, should we talk about Kirby doc? Holy man. What was Chicago thinking? Yeah, I think Frank Nazar is probably going to be okay. But Kirby Doc is incredible right now. And he has immediately flipped the switch as soon as he joined the Montreal Canadiens. He continues to get better. I think Marty St. Louis was trying to take it easy on him a little bit in the first game back. Put him with Suzuki so he had a little bit of support. But immediately, everyone could see that he had not missed a beat from that injury that he had suffered. So right back on his own line tearing things up. He gave the Bruins fits tonight. They they couldn't handle him. Like he was stealing pucks, he was protecting pucks along the wall. He was driving guys nuts. He was getting his elbows greasy. He was in there giving shots just like uh, every Bruin was, every Canadian was. <laughs> Kay says Kirby Doc is that girl. That's right. He is. He is that girl. Uh John Paul Murray says, Andrew, I believe that at least one D-man is taken in the top 10 of every draft class. Ryan Bacher could be that guy. It could be. could be. I'm not going to dispute that. Um, I don't know enough about prospects to be super confident about that kind of stuff. And I, I try to, when I have a, like a hole in my knowledge, I try to be super upfront with everybody. So I, I constantly tell you guys, the re one of the reasons why I bring on scouts that I trust is that I'm not a prospect guy. Right? I don't have the time to dedicate to watching those games, so I'm not going to sit here and BS you all 
a lot of people in this chat know more about prospects than I do, right? So if you've got a great opinion, definitely share it. But I like to be upfront about what I don't know. And I feel like that gives more credibility when I do know something. That's always been my policy. But uh, I think we're, we're over the half hour mark here. So I'm going to say good night for the night because it's tough to carry this show all on your own with no conversation and uh, Zoom wasn't working. So we'll figure it out for next game. Uh, Winder says, uh, or Winder says, Gurionov and Doc played well together. I totally agree. I I wonder going into next season what like a Slaff, Doc, Gurionov line would look like. That's also some big boys. Like that's that's really fun. So uh, we'll we'll have lots of fun uh, as we close out this season. Don't forget to like and subscribe for uh, this show and uh, for the SDPN YouTube channel. There's lots to talk about. Uh, on Saturday, we'll be back with a game against the Blue Jackets in the greatest tank battles game. So I guess we have to hope that the Canadians find a way to lose that one. I think they might win that one. Uh, hey, Sebastian. Nice to see you here as well. Um, we should get Sebastian on, hey? We should get Sebastian on before the end of the season. Sebastian's a great scout as well. We could talk a lot about Philip Meshar, who uh, Sebastian has watched closely in Kitchener this year. We should try to do that. We'll try to hook that up. <clears throat> but uh, on Saturday, Scott Matla from Locked On Canadians is going to join us. Scott's great. He hasn't been here for a while, so I had to bug him to come on. We're going to have lots of fun, and uh, we'll see you then. Please enjoy your night and tomorrow and Saturday, your whole weekend, your whole life. Enjoy everything, all right? Thanks, everyone, for watching. Really appreciate you sticking around. Really appreciate all the love that you guys are giving in the chat. And, yeah, Kay says, Sebastian, please. We will get Sebastian on. I'll text him right after the show. Talk to you later. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.